This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. You want to take his face. Yes. His face. Oh. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this lush podcast. Oh, and I'm Rich, and I'm the other host of this Lush podcast. Oh, Lush is such a nice word to say, isn't it? Uh-huh. Lush. Think of me as Sydney to Dave's ghost face. I am beautiful and can survive anything, and he likes to run around in a mask. <laughs> Brilliant. The premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests for their best ever sequel, worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we sometimes wander off into other things as well, just chat movies in general or, you know, life in general too. We also have to mention we do spoil movies. So if mm. we mention a movie you haven't seen and you don't want it spoiled, most of the time they're very old, so don't worry about it. Please stop listening or skip forward and it'll all be fine. I mean, it's an absolute hoot this episode, so you should love it. Because on this episode, we are joined by the brilliant Dave and Kathy from the Cine Mile. Oh, it's so good. So good. The Cinemile is one of our absolute favourite podcasts and we really, really love Dave and Kathy. If you haven't listened to their podcast, make sure you go and do it. They are brilliant and I say without a doubt, this is my favourite episode. They're award winners now again. They are, yeah. Pod Bibles, oh my pod for independent podcasts yeah yeah so all you guys out there who didn't vote for us well done for voting for them because they are better (laughs) absolutely loved it uh we were very excited to sit down with uh dave and kathy from the cine mile and chat all things sequels with them these are the cine miles unequal sequels So to get, to get started, I like to warm the brain up a little bit. So we're going to ask you a simple question. And it's up to you if you want to answer it together or separately. But do you remember the... It doesn't have to be the first. What? what I'm trying to... Dave, it's not simple if you can't even say yeah. it, mate. I know the question. <laughs> I know the, the question because I've listened to the podcast, Dave. Doesn't yeah. What sequel have you been most excited about, basically? Oh, I thought it was... Ever. Like, you didn't think it was I that. thought it was about seeing a sequel in the cinema. <laughs> Uh, you see, I change it once in a while. What sequel are we most excited about? As in upcoming? No, no, as in what, what's what been your most... Rich, help me out because I'm so, struggling my words here. What Dave is trying to say is, can you think of a time when you were really excited about a sequel? There we go. So, like, could be the first sequel you were excited about or, yeah. you know, maybe a big something big was coming out and you are really excited about I it. I mean, I'm sure everyone 
who is a 35 plus year old man is going to say the phantom menace right that's that's the one for me sure do you mean 37 because that's your age 30, i said 35 plus <laughs> still still correct in this Never conversation your secrets he's not the oldest oh, so. hey hey we're not talking age shots fired <laughs> That's got to be Phantom Menace, right? I mean, I've never, I have not in my lifetime ever experienced a level of buzz and excitement around a sequel to which was obviously met with flying colours. Really? (laughs) Say no more. I can live in, I can live in delusion. Mine was definitely Rocky Six because I was so excited to see a Rocky movie in the cinema because I'd only ever seen them like on telly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And we were like, we were frantic. We went with a group of friends. I think we were still in uni, and we were like all crying, like, screaming in the back of the cinema. There was a great. It was amazing. The whole cinema was like lit for that movie. At that movie. Yeah, it was awesome. So we got Set Phantom Menace and Rocky Six. Um, mm-hmm. What was that screening like for you guys? Let's go with day first. So was it first screening? Oh yeah. First. Oh my god. Yeah. The screening of the Phantom Menace in 1999 yeah. was. Were you dressed up? Next level. No, I was 15, so I didn't have the confidence to do that. And nobody really does that in Ireland. Uh, oh, <laughs> it'd be they weird. Do now. Maybe they do now. I, I feel like the I feel like the whole cosplay scene was a was, didn't really exist. Comic Con maybe was a thing, but that was in far flung America. That wasn't like in in, in rural ish Ireland. Uh, nobody was putting on Darth Maul face paint or dressing up with lightsabers. It was pretty. We were. I guess we're a very reserved audience but yeah we also we sat there with just a buzz of excitement like excitement like i'll never forget you know you just like consume the star wars movies as i did as a child like so many others and you just like that 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 opening the you know the 20 from just that 20th century fox logo going into the blue writing and that that for me the most exciting bit which i'll never forget was the the silence between the, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and the bang, you know, when the when the letters come out, like that, like moment, that's like this, this you could, f- the, the atmosphere in the cinema of that silence where you're all just like, here we are, we're here, we're finally going to experience new yeah. Star Wars, and then that excitement and and anticipation of the unknown propelled us so that that hunger propelled us so much that we all walked out of that movie thinking it was the best thing we'd ever seen <laughs> at first screening, oh, right? We did. And, and uh, you know, it's only, I think, when common sense prevailed or a bit of age or reason you realise that there were, you know, there's, there were some issues. Yeah, because there has been many build-up like The Phantom Menace. I think that's been most excited for a film I've been as well at, at that point. Like, the, the advertising for it was insane. Like, it was all on, like, cereal boxes and everything like that yeah i remember downloading the the trailer from the tint the internet and it yeah. was like the first time that had ever been done and it was just like watching the <laughs> watching the quick time movie play a real time movie that was it and it was just like come on it was like 40 <laughs> minutes later we got it <laughs> there's, there's droids <laughs> and kathy did you dress up as as rocky when you went to see us <laughs> I did, yeah. Just, I just the shorts and the and the boxing gloves. I dressed up as Draco, actually. No, I didn't. I um, but I was so excited. I'm, I've, I mean, like there's other things I've been excited for, but that was so exciting because the entire crowd was in it. It was like we were at a real boxing match. <laughs> <laughs> we were hysterical, and um, 
no spoilers for Rocky. Am I allowed to spoil Rocky Six? Uh, you can absolutely okay. spoil movies. Um, when he went the distance at the end, I was crying, like properly crying. And I just refused to consider how absurd <laughs> it was that a man in his 60s was going the distance against like a very young man in his prime. And I just really believed it and I felt it and I lived for it. And let's not forget, in Rocky Five, he's told explicitly by a doctor, <laughs> if you ever get in a ring again, you will die. To the point where it doesn't happen in that movie. That's how much they took that seriously. Doesn't matter. He Rocky can't go in the ring, man. Actually, the new Rocky movies, Creed, we've had a similar experience. Like, we're just into it. So, Creed, we're like screaming in the back of the cinema. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, but I've got the Rocky <laughs> yeah, box. Literally just oh, over yes, there he is. Yeah. 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 Very good placement. I'm a big Rocky fan. Well, um, we, we had discussed, right, you know, not to get into the, the, the meat of this, but we, you know, we laboured hard <laughs> over these three sequel choices. Like, re- this is honestly, it's really hard. it seemed like a really easy <laughs> thing to do. And then you guys asked us to come up with a joint decision, which was just married <laughs> stuff. Couldn't we do were, it. Just couldn't do it. The only thing we the, could have agreed on was... We were saying we could have agreed on Rocky Four is best and Rocky Five is worst. Yeah, that's then the only that seemed thing a bit we agreed on. Boring, so we um, do it. So we went with more personal choices, <laughs> which we, don't, we won't spoil yet, I guess. I just feel like Rocky Five is a bit of a punching bag, right? It's like I don't, I don't, I, I, it gets enough. Uh, it's had enough hits. It's KO'd, right? It's on the ground. <laughs> We've, we've like got Rocky one that needs the worst is I actually like Rocky Five. <laughs> we What's just... wrong? What's wrong with you? There's still not a bad Rocky film. I mean, it's got problems, but it's got quotable lines from Rocky Five, like "My ring's outside" and stuff like that. And it might be the worst Nobel Rocky movie, but it's not like as bad as other sequels. It's not. It's yeah. not Alien versus Predator Two. What is your best sequel ever? Okay, so what, what, as I said, we couldn't come up with a joint one, right? So what we've done is right. we, um, and, and Kathy actually couldn't come up with any. She... Well, I'm not a binary person. So when, when everyone else, anyone asks me best or worst, I I cannot, I have decision she paralysis. Panics. I can't do I'm it. With, I'm with yeah. you. I so... find that really hard too, which is why we don't talk about our best and worst. We get other people to do it. Interesting. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, I, I really struggle with it. Even like I never have a favorite song. I don't have a favorite book. I don't have a favorite movie. But Dave's. Dave's gonna say what he thinks is the best, and then I I'm gonna say what I have picked to be the worst, but is also kind of my best. So I'm really conflicted by it. So then I'll talk about that one. <laughs> we were, I can't wait to talk about that because that, that was a right that was quite a journey. Um, I mean, we had quite so a journey too. Best... I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. We, we we must be the most difficult guests no. ever. We were just messaging you. Definitely not. You're like, definitely not. No, we're doing this. Now we're doing that. Um, but anyway, what we decided was that I I had a very clear answer for for best sequel. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, take the mic for this one. So my best sequel is is Ghostbusters two, and I feel like this needs some context because it's, I don't I, I feel like this is a, a sequel that if it hasn't already appeared on one of your guests' worst, I think it has the potential. Okay, you're both shaking no, your heads. It's been a best. It's not uh, been a worst. Oh, good. Oh, no, I'm not the first. No, you're not the first. Sorry. Oh, shit. I, I, I really need to catch up in the back catalog. <laughs> the, um, so the... No, I just said, I don't think anyone's picked his best yet. Oh, haven't they? No, didn't. Sean didn't, no. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, they haven't picked it as best yet. Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> it's like second best. but everyone that's come on has talked positively about okay i well I'm, I'm glad to hear there's some positivity about that because i feel like with ghostbusters 2 the narrative that has been adopted by movie mainstream media for the past whatever tw- 20 plus years you think that mainstream wait, wait media a second, has no, been talking years. about ghostbusters for the last non-stop years. <laughs> non-stop <laughs> stop i'm sick of it i'm sick of the ghostbusters 2 discourse <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> they, but the, it, it's definitely get, all right, it gets bandied around in, right, it, it's in the, it, it'll get bandied around the press at the moment because there's a new Ghostbusters sequel that happened in King 2016. Ghostbusters Afterlife is getting the worst reviews, Dave. Well, that's, yeah, that's getting its own reviews. But, the, uh, you know, 2016 has happened. And then anytime there's a worst of sequels list, it, it appears, right? And anytime Ghostbusters get gets mentioned in, you know, feature articles or, or news articles or whatever, this was frustrating me for so many years that there'd be, there'd be this, like, this little, like, offhand mention of oh we won't mention the sequel or it's like and five years later you know they released a much less re well received sequel right that was so that that was you know the the dumb the dumb thing at least i feel and that was a, a source of frustration for, for me for for many years but most importantly ghostbusters 2 is i think the best sequel because best is such a subjective word and i and, and i find movies to be entirely subjective anyway mm. and i find that if we all try and come up with some objective measure of of of, of movies or sequels or anything then all 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 your podcast will ever be is the empire strikes back and godfather <laughs> part two right Preach. so that's boring yeah yeah which are great sequels obviously but like you, you know I, for me the the that is the ghostbusters 2 is unashamedly my my best sequel right ghostbusters is my favorite movie ever ghostbusters 2 is is it's on a par for me, right? And I, and I'm not gonna say I, I find it hard to difficult to kind of compare these two movies because they they both hold a special place in my heart. And and sure, Ghostbusters two doesn't you know it it can't it it it's living in the shadow of that that first movie and it it's a lot of it is replicated, right? And a lot of the beats are replicated and maybe it's not quite as good in parts. But I think they they translated the essence of Ghostbusters very well. Um, for Ghostbusters 2, they brought a lot of the key parts over and I would argue improved on them. I think the, the villain, you know, is far more interesting yeah. in Ghostbusters 2. The, you know, the, the Statue of Liberty set piece is, I think, absolutely awesome. It's a movie that's kind of like, it's it's got a real optimism to it, which Ghostbusters kind of doesn't have. Ghostbusters is actually the first one. It's quite a cynical movie. Yeah, right? it, it's absolutely. like a direct translation of like, of that Saturday Night Live comedy uh, and these guys at the peak of their sort of like they're all basically they're, they're lads who are just in it for the money right there's this blue, which is a, just a brilliant premise they're just like they're doing this not to save the city they kind of end up saving the city just because <laughs> they have to and because Dana's involved right but <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 has got this kind of almost potentially sickly sweet kind of optimistic core to it and it's directly about like like the ugliness of the world and cynicism and particularly in New York, right? And mm. it's referenced, there's so many great lines in it, right? You know, there's a million assholes in the tri-state area and it's got every God, any, every New Yorker's God-given right to treat other people like like dirt, you know, that's what the mayor says. And I'm, I'm like, the movie ends with them like in this symbol of hope, which they identify as the Statue of Liberty, smashing through a ceiling of literally negative energy you know, on New Year's Eve, which is just an awesome like image to me, particularly in really divisive times right now and very negative times. Yeah. Um. So, so I, so I think Ghostbusters Two has a lot going for it. I, I can't, as I said, address anything objectively because it was the first film I ever saw in the cinema as a child. It left an indelible mark on me. It scared the shit out of me. And it's just one of those movies, and it, it doesn't seem to age or date for me like a lot of other movies that are wrapped up in nostalgia and our childhood have, you know, and you know that we've all got those things where you revisit them with, yeah. with your adult eyes and you're like, mm, which I think leads us nicely 
Until, well, we won't segue. Does anyone else want to say about <laughs> Ghostbusters 2? I just yeah, totally yeah, agree with you. I absolutely <laughs> love Ghostbusters 2. And I didn't see the cinema. Right? We we had a Ghostbusters 1 and 2 on a joint like video. Um, and they Can't be VHS. Yeah, and used to watch it over and over and over Love again it. until it like destroyed itself. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I love Ghostbusters 2 as much as Ghostbusters. Uh, mm. I can't put it in my... We did a list not long ago of sequels that are better than the originals. And I, I really wanted to put it in, but I think it's as good as the original, not better. So I, can, I couldn't stick it in, but I love it. I really love it. And yeah, we had Sean Walsh on and he talks a lot about it too. And... Uh, yeah, there are holes there are plot holes in it like don't get me wrong you know like there's you know they're in the in the courtroom and trying to explain to the court that that ghosts are all loose and there are rivers, rivers of slime running under new york and nobody thought to go and have a look and go oh no no they are right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Bunch i love it i love it i think it's brilliant I, I completely agree with you if any if any uh film's gonna save the soul of the of the world at the moment with our cynicalness is ghostbusters 2 yeah, that's it. There we go. <laughs> I think you nailed it earlier when you said uh, like children of a certain age, because we're all around the thirty-six to forty mark. So I think if you're in that bracket, you can't say a bad word about Ghostbusters two, because like a lot of us, it's probably one of the first sequels we watched, or even one of the first movies we watched. Our parents showed us because it's one that they can enjoy as well as the child, right? Yeah. I want to nail down what your first viewing was like. So. Were you excited when you were going in? Like, did you know, like, were you proper pumped yeah, for it? Yeah, I knew. I was five, you know, <laughs> we're coming into our age here. But yeah, this, yeah I, I'm, in the thir- I'm in the 36 to 40 ad bracket, as you said. <laughs> I was exactly five years old when, when Ghostbusters came out, which is funny because that's almost the age that our eldest son is. And I would not in a million years show him this movie. <laughs> um, but my parents thought it was cool to bring me along. I think because in the five years since the first one had come out, you know, it had become a huge hit it was so it is so franchisable right it, it's just got well, like yeah. the logo the music the song it was everywhere right and and most importantly they made it into a saturday morning kids tv yeah show, right? which was great and toys did you have the toys i had all the toys right i fit fifth birthday party had the stay puff marshmallow cake i was big <laughs> i was i was hook line and sinker like commercial vintage works. toys that dave's had from the 80s in fact one's over there Stay Puff Marshmallow and it's it's right here. One. We it have all of it that Dave's mom kept in the eighties. Yeah, we've got. And now our son Oscar loves it, and he watches the cartoon and stuff. Like it's amazing. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Great for a podcast, but uh, <laughs> basically it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow man. And even last week, Dave and Oscar just built from Lego the Ecto one. <gasps> yeah, so it's like kids love it. Did you have the Did you have the fire station and put the, the slime down the middle of it? I I did not, but that was one. You know, if if I was to make a dream, you know, we're doing dream sequels, but if I was have dream kids to, toys that I never got. From Santa, oh yeah. I was on there, never got A it. couple of years ago, this is a bit, m- me and my brother, actually about eight years ago, we went down a, um, a Ghostbusters and Thundercat black hole buying stuff and selling it on. And at one point, we literally just bought what we wanted as we were children. So we had like, the, you know, the, the proper pack at the back. And we're like, do we have to sell oh this Oh my God. Stuff? It's all on eBay. You can buy it for cheap. And then we sold it on for quite a lot of money. But we had like three of the, the fire stations just in our bedrooms at that time. We're like, we should probably sell this. This is not good for like <laughs> mid twenty boys to have in there. Dave, you're living the dream. Well, not anymore. Bought... I'm not. But, <laughs> but do you, what's your favorite scene? What's your favorite scene? Favorite scene in Ghostbusters? Oh, there's too many. So many in Ghostbusters too. There's like 
uh, the courtroom scene, you know, you mentioned it, Rich, is is one of my favorites. I mean, so Rick Moranis good. just shines so much. I mean, you know, sure, sure. Half, half the city went down. You know, was was in darkness, and I was stuck in a lift, and I had to make the whole time. But uh, <laughs> one time, they turned into a dog, and they helped me. <laughs> that whole thing is comic gold from beginning to end, and then I love that it ends in an action scene, which is like then then catapults them back into like we're back, and then you get the montage when that music hits. Like, oh, that music! There's so many good. There's so many good like quite dated now but there's so many good like sort of like uh sort of like weird hip-hop sort of takes on ghostbusters the theme song Mm. in that movie but the other scene which i love personally is the um them drilling into the uh into into the um into the middle of the road to get down to the to the river of slime uh and that whole that whole thing with them pretending to be you know, New, New York um, construction workers and Egon. Yo, this yeah. is like it's it's these three guys still playing. It's these three actors playing three characters who are pretending to be three construction workers, and then all playing exact like they they pretend in different ways. You know, but they're all kind of at the core of it, kind of charlatans. Like they they kind of are these hokey kind of tricksters, just like Peter Venkman at the end of it. Yeah, that they're yeah. willing to just like walk into the middle of a of a central road in New York and just start digging on a whim for their friend. Like, I love that. Do you think it's something about the fact that like SNL was so cool back then and those actors were so like, they were like hot and cool. And and then when they did the remake, which we did watch for our podcast or the reboot, whatever it was, which we didn't mind at all, but it was like that cat, that's not an iconic cast then. What was- But so they also unique. came from SNL. But yeah, but SNL isn't iconic like that anymore. Yeah. You no, know what I mean? No, certainly not. And I think yeah. having those guys in their prime is something that can never be recaptured. Well, I, I think that's exactly the thing with Ghostbusters, and it's what you've just said. It can never be recaptured. Yeah. And this is the problem. I think even though they were all really good, all the women in the other one, but they're just it's just you can't it's, recapture. It was that like edit. it was lightning in a bottle, yeah. right? Yeah, you yeah. had this you had this amazing concept from Dan Aykroyd. You had this this cast, as you say, hot off Saturday Night Live. You had, you know, Ivan Reitman, um, just like right time, right place, and and kind of he grounded the whole thing in New York, which made it this brilliant. New York's a character in the first and the second one. But you know, as well, like back in the eighties and early nineties, like family films had edge and kind of sauciness and a bit of naughtiness to them. That's a weird way to put it that you can't put in a family movie now. Mm. So now when they make movies like that, they either try and make them more adult or they tone it back and make it too childlike. And I just, I don't think you could ever hit what they've done now and get the same classifications, get the same audience. Like that, a movie that has a blowjob scene in it would never now be a kid's toys in a fucking happy movie. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I think it's just, it's such a lightning in a bottle. That's It's impossible. Not that we've seen the new one after like we haven't, um, but it, it feels like an impossible thing to replicate. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> Dave wants to go and see it by himself because we've no babysitter and I'm like, it's pretty sad like, oh, to go and see. That's sad. I'm, I'm, I'm a 37-year-old old man holding a staple <laughs> I would sit on my own it's fine I wouldn't sit on my own <laughs> so just for that movie though it feels like yeah. I cried <laughs> I've seen way worse movies on my own like way worse movies that you shouldn't go and see yeah like, you know mostly for this podcast to be fair but yeah it's, it's a safe space <laughs> yeah. elevate every morning with Tommy John's second skin underwear 
The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. What is your worst sequel ever? And can we just talk about what your what your worst sequel ever was before you got to where you are now? <laughs> I just wanted to say because Dave told me what your choices were, and I went and watched. So, you, so your original choice for for worst sequel was Sex and the City two. So I spent two oh God, two and a half hours of my life watching Sex and no. the City two because I've never seen it and never seen the TV show or oh, anything. Sh- I said to Dave, they might go and watch it. Quick, you have to undo this because so, I actually said I can't make, I can't talk, I can't talk about Sex and the City two because makes so me sorry, so upset Rick. that I said I actually can't go on a podcast and talk. I about think it. it might be the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, was, I was gunning for Sex and the City 2. I feel like Sex and the City 2 is the one. You that is the worst. You sequ- couldn't pay me money. I would cry on this podcast if I thought she wouldn't. She wouldn't do it. She would, she, <laughs> because Sex and the City is so close to Kathy's heart as a property. Uh, yeah. Okay. That I think it's, it's still too raw. I just watched it and thought, is it supposed to be like Succession? Like, are they horrible people? I've just not realised. <laughs> like, are they? You know, are they supposed to be horrible people? Like, you were always a bit horrible, but like. I actually said to Dave, I don't think it qualifies as well because I think to say worst sequel implies that there was something good about the first movie and I loathe and despise the first Sex and the City movie. Yeah, that's a bad So movie to too. me, the first movie is actually a sequel to the TV series. Yeah, I bother. So I actually, I, in the end, I'm so sorry we came full circle on Sex and the City, but not before we made you watch it. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> at some point in time, someone else will pick it and then you live to I, really, I really hope they do because I don't want to have watched that movie for no reason. <laughs> Do you ever hear the podcast The Worst Idea of All Time? Not yet. And they, they pick a movie and they watch it every week for 52 weeks oh. and they watch Sex and the City 2 every week for 52 weeks. Oh, God, no. And it's so funny. I actually stopped listening to the podcast because it was like, I got really depressed. <laughs> it's it's so very depressed. Good but they did it with another movie as well. What was the other one? Uh, Grown Ups 2. Grown Ups 2. Oh, that's <laughs> another dreadful one. Yeah, they're masochists. They've taken the sequel game next level. Oh, yeah, that is silly. We're not doing that, Dave. We're <laughs> no. not doing that. <laughs> so, so how did you land on your choice? Do you want to tell us what your choice is and how do we get there? Yeah, so when I was when I was like initially thinking about the podcast and I was like really pleased you guys asked us on because I think it's such a good podcast and uh, it's a really clever idea. But as I said, I find it really difficult to think of lists. So I was like, God, like when I just think in my heart of hearts what my favorite sequel is, it's Grease 2. 
And I said, you know, it may not be the best, but like it's my favorite. And then I sent it to you guys that Grease 2 is going to be my pick for best sequel. And then on Friday night, <laughs> Dave and I sat down to watch Grease 2 and I was so excited, like popcorn made, like ready to go because I haven't watched it. Dave knows he's seen it with me before. So we've been together like 16 years. So we probably watched it like over a decade ago together when I was still young and naive. And then kicked on on Friday and like 10 minutes in, I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, Reese too has actually like, it, like for me, like I never watched Ghostbusters as a kid, or I don't care about Ghostbusters. I had Grease 2 on VHS and like watched it all the time. And I so many, it's like that intangible thing that when you're a kid and you watch something, nothing will ever be the same. Like, like I never watched Star Wars as a kid, for example. So like, I just don't care about Star Wars. And I, I actually think if you watch Star Wars for the first time as an adult, you're like, it's fine. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's grand. I don't mind it. I have no problem with it. But when you watch a movie as a kid and it's your movie, and for me, that just was weirdly Grease mm-hmm. 2. And there's so, there's so many good things about Grease 2. So I'm kind of giving it my best and worst review here because you've got like Michelle Pfeiffer in a breakout role and you've got the male lead who like I was in love with, Michael. And in my head, it was like really romantic. It was like a feminist re- <laughs> revisioning of Grease 1. It had incredible songs and like was really good production values. And then when we watched it, I was like... It's so bad. Like Michelle Pfeiffer can't even sing. Like she can't even hold a note. The love story that in my head was like most treasured between um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character and Michael actually takes a full hour for them to like even be in a scene together. The whole movie is like so shoddy. Like, you know, the original Grease, which actually we have watched recently because for our podcast where we walk home from the cinema, it was in like, an outdoor cinema near our house. We went to see it in the cinema. It was brilliant. The whole audience was singing along and like it really, really holds off. And it's kind of that lightning in a bottle thing with John Travolta and Livia Newton-John and like the songs are incredible. Everything about it was, you know, of course there's issues and like it's it's a very- The old men. Movie. Yeah, yeah, they're the issues. Yeah, there's issues, but <laughs> yeah, like you can see why it worked, right? But with Grease too, and it's so interesting, it's like apparently I'm guessing seems to be set like September to May, like a traditional school year. But when we were watching the movie, like that was not apparent in any way. It felt like the movie was set over one week. Yeah. And within that week, Michelle Pfeiffer um, wants a cool rider, which is the iconic scene I remember. Cool, turns out that's actually, cool rider. Turns out that's actually all Michelle Pfeiffer wants solely is a guy who can ride a motorbike. Which doesn't make sense because her ex can ride a motorbike. She doesn't want to get back together with him. Oh, Johnny. And then... It's yeah, he had, he had everything like, I have she to wanted. Say, <laughs> so with the songs, he wrote a motorbike. Really, and a bad boy. Yeah. The songs yeah. are incredible, right? Like, I'm sorry, no, I do have to say, Cool Road is incredible. Back to School is incredible. Score Tonight is incredible. Who's That Guy is iconic. And Reproduction who's, is Who's That Guy was very good. And Dave said when we were watching it, I actually know all these songs because he's heard me singing them so much. Kathy <laughs> <he> sings them <laughs> for a whole life. But from a like, narrative perspective, there's no plot. It all seems to be building like in the first movie you've got like John Travolta is trying to woo Sandy back right because they met over the summer then when they met in like September when they started school he was like he was awful to her and then he spends the movie trying to win her back and there's like a real arc there where he's like learning to be a better guy right for better or worse and then she has her little transformation at the end which is obviously terrible she changes everything about yeah. herself yeah. 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 but in this yeah. movie it's like yeah. they're like <laughs> we know what we'll do we'll set it two years after and we'll just gender swap them and for in some inexplicable reason australian sandy has an english cousin who 
is like dressed in a blazer at all times like he's going to an English prep school and weirdly like you know we live in England we know what the class system and the education system is like here I don't believe that any well-to-do well-to-do family in England are like I know what we'll do for final year of school we'll send our really posh kid to go and live in America, go to a public high school and live in a bomb shelter. <laughs> what Mike is doing in this movie. It's fucking bizarre. So that makes no sense. And also, everyone treats him like he's this massive nerd and he looks like James so Dean. Hot. Like, what? <laughs> What is that? It looks about? like a Kendall. <laughs> yeah. He's so attractive. Like he I said to Dave, Michael walked so Dave could run. Like Michael's my sexual awakening, right? Like that's where I loved. It's where I learned to love how a man can love and be attracted to a man. And I'm not saying Dave's as good looking as Michael, but like I can see do you see there's a bit of a resemblance? Oh yes. Yeah. I think there is. It's the hair. Um, it's so good for a podcast. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine what people are imagining. <laughs> You imagine James Dean, but he's Irish, guys. 37. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so none of that makes sense. And then the plot is just that she wants a cool rider, a guy who can ride a motorbike. She is saying she doesn't need to date a T-bird, which like, well, you're signed up to the Pink Ladies, you know the rules, so I don't understand why you're still in the Pink Ladies. Then it's just a series of songs. So it's like they've forgotten what actually worked in the first movie was that the songs drove the plot forward. Yeah. The songs were very good and they were sung by very good singers. In this movie, there's no plot in those songs. Like reproduction's a brilliant scene, right? But it's just about reproduction. And um, whereas Summer Nights tells the whole story. Like I actually just had chills when I thought about Summer Nights, like what a great song it is. And then so that all happens. Then Michael just goes off and learns how to ride a motorbike, which is a I guess the passage of time happening. That's the only indication of any time passing the film. And then inexplicably, it all accumulates in this like big talent competition that we were saying in the first movie, the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies are like really cool. They would not be seen dead yeah. in a talent competition. That's what confused yeah. me about this movie. The T-Birds are involved in every activity. They're, <laughs> they're in the American football yeah, yeah. training. The T-Birds are so nerdy. If they had shown up at the chess club swagging around, <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised. And like in but, the first Greece, John Travolta joins the track team and gets like, slagged by the other T-Birds because yeah. it's not cool to play sports. Yeah, because they're, they're the outsiders. Mm. That's the whole point of the T-Birds. Yeah. They're not involved in everything. And in this movie, they've, like the Glee up, Club. they've upgraded. Yeah, we said they like the Glee Club in this movie. And then the actually, weirdly, only passage of time in this movie is in the song that's like the big finale song of the show where they sing, I'll be your girl for seasons. And they go through all the seasons on stage. You're calendar is happening meanwhile michael's off driving off a cliff because he's been apparently chased by a mob to drive off a cliff so they all think michael's dead but they still go back and do the talent show and then inexplicably it's like luha and the next day is a full-on yeah, yeah yeah no i love no that one it's ever like, builds up to the thanks luha. for coming to the talent show we'll see you all tomorrow at the lua but <laughs> to the lua and it's just like at no stage in this movie has a lua ever been mentioned or built up Where's it's just like luo now the accumulation of greece one is that awesome like scene where they're riding their amazing cars right now drag race what's the term and like sandy shows up and that's like the big thing it's like this movie just did a luau we don't know why it's like welcome to the luau, <laughs> that, to the luau. yeah and then there's a luau song it's just like so no. watching it now as an adult woman in my mid to late 30s suddenly it all clicked in i was like this is so bad however we had the best time on friday night watching yeah, it we did. so i'm completely torn oh my god <laughs> 
it does not do any justice to the first film. Meanwhile, Rich it... was watching Sick. I was watching Sick and City I watched this as well because I had it as your best sequel. So I actually text you first thing Saturday morning to be like, bored. Not picking Greece. But then I picked it again. Um, but yeah, so for all those reasons, it doesn't work as a sequel. Like, it, it truly does a disservice to the first movie. But as a movie in itself. <laughs> really like oh, I, did, I, I was really glad you changed because when I watched it I was like I, I really don't like it and I don't know what to say because I don't want to say anything bad to someone who's the, their best their best sequel I was like what am I going to say because I really don't like it <laughs> well, what do you think of Cool Rider when Michelle Pfeiffer gets up on top of the ladder and just straddles it oh god <laughs> that's a hot scene really? like she's she's so cool she's she's, cool she's really good she's, she's amazing she's but all I could think of was like Gangster's Paradise <laughs> yeah, where she also was straddling a chair. The worst one, though, the, the one when I said to Dave, we're like, I'm going to message them now, but it's too late. I'll message them in the morning. We can't do it. Is when Michael is like kind of dead and Michelle Pfeiffer and they're singing Turn Back the Hands of Time together and they're both off key. And you know that their voices would have been like modified and like fixed up in post production. <laughs> and he's like in a cloud hovering and she's like about to go on the talent show. And they're singing Love Turn Back the Kathy was actually so mortified that she had made you guys watch this. When really, we should have been worried that you were watching Sex and the City 2. And then we didn't even cover it. At least this has good songs and is iconic. Like Sex and the City 2 is not iconic and has nothing good about it. No, no, definitely nothing good about it. But uh, no, I was just going to say, I I had a mem- I've not watched Grease 2 for a long time um, since I was probably a kid. And I had a memory that Grease 2 was better than Grease. And so I was like, I could watch it, it's fine, I think it's better. And then I watched it again, I was like, no, no, I was wrong. <laughs> it's not It's not better. There's a reason it, it actually killed the franchise, because originally it was supposed to be, there was going to be three Grease movies and then a TV series. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then they were like, no, no, because they only, like, don't ask me the numbers, but like the first Grease made way over $100 million, was huge. This one made like $15 million, but at the cost of being made of like $11 million. But interestingly, I've heard that Paramount Plus are bringing in a like, origin story yeah. for the pink yeah which pink ladies so i'll be i'll definitely be there to watch that i i have a few questions one what happened to frenchie she just disappeared in the middle of it <laughs> yes yes you're so right. she was doing her she chemistry could... experiment so she could learn how to make beauty products but did she make it yeah. to the... did she graduate <laughs> yeah. she's the second time she's failed <laughs> that's so i, I didn't was she at the Luau? Was she at no, the Luau? She, she's, no, she never makes it to the Luau. She doesn't make it to the talent <laughs> contest. And it's not like that actress was probably like in huge demand at the time, you know, where they could only get her for the two scenes. That's her most iconic role. That's why she got into I'm a Celebrity or Big Brother at one point, I'm pretty sure. Did she? Yeah. Also, for a, for a school that is so talented at dancing and singing... Their talent contest was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And like, also the evolution of the T-Birds made no sense. You know their song, Prowling. They're so terrible the first time we see them. And then they're like incredible at the end. Like the production value of their piece with like the women behind the screens, like in a shop. And like, it's like, this is like Broadway level success. Because they stole the clothes of their competitors. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Shower. And again, it, the movie is incapable of illustrating the passage of time because there must have been some sort of training montage of them. And we love a training montage, obviously. Mm. And like this, the only thing we saw was Michael spinning around the car park. When Michael comes out and flies over the cars on his motorbike, we were just pissing. We could not stop <laughs> laughing. high octane motorbike. He didn't, even, he didn't even come at a speed. He was stopped. Yeah. He started the motorbike, started flying. And, yeah, he ran, and there's no ramp. He's not Eddie Kidd, is he? <laughs> he's, he's, not, over a, 
<laughs> and oh and his jacket was zipped down and that's when i was like i don't remember this bit because that's actually not attractive no oh my god mm. like i shouldn't have watched it back it's like you know kind of ruining your own crush yeah yeah i'm not i'm not sure what the appropriate place for a zip is on a leather jacket but it's definitely not at your you shouldn't see navel top underneath no. yeah <laughs> you should have had it like it's very sweaty as well on a motorbike like you Sticky. shouldn't be wearing a leather jacket with nothing under it but interestingly the first night i met dave he was wearing a leather jacket buttoned it down to his navel i've got to ask about because it's you you liked michael who was uh, i can't remember his name but he's also rex manning in empire records oh, yes did you carry on the crush or you weren't much of an Empire Records. My no, my crush. I didn't need to watch anything else. I had Grease. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But I did years ago see him in Emmerdale, and that stuck in my mind. What? I thought oh, he looked good. Yeah, he's in Emmerdale. He was in Emmerdale. Wow. He's aged well. He yeah. looks good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I noticed yeah. that uh, that Shooter McGavin from uh, from Happy Gilmore's in the tea beds in this one. He's the one. He's, yeah. he's the one that's like a foot oh, taller yeah. than all the others. He was the one where we were like, who's he again? Like, he's very familiar. He's been in something else. Yeah. Whereas the rest guy. of them really had no career. Though the guy who played um, Johnny had played Danny Zuko on stage. Oh, okay. I love the facts you're throwing out. I love that you've <laughs> researched it. Oh, thank you. Um, well, see, on our, on our Patreon, we do retro movie reviews every month. And as part of that, we do fun facts. So, like, I can't but do fun facts <laughs> when I'm watching an old movie now. Um, but, yeah, and the woman who directed the movie, because as she said to Dave, it's so notable when you see a female name as a director. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, what a female director. Because she had been the choreographer, choreographer of the first movie and of the stage show. And it's so interesting because when you were watching it, we were like, the dance numbers are brilliant. And mm, it's yeah. like they were better than the rest of the movie, if you know what I mean. It's like she's really good at that. Like that scene, oh, yeah. I know I've referenced it like five times. But reproduction is fucking brilliant <laughs> when they're all in the classroom and you've got everything happening, and then you, that guy from Happy Gilmore is like, "Where does the <laughs> where does the pollen go?" <laughs> I do enjoy that. The uh, and, this, uh, and I and everyone likes a bit of innuendo, so I think yeah. it's quite. I mean, it's quite not an innuendo in this movie. Like it's, they're all like. Rusting in the glass. Yeah. Innuendo. <laughs> How old are they meant to be, the kids at school? 17. And yeah, why are they getting bullied by 40 year olds on bikes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said that to Dave, why is Craterface back? Because they needed, they couldn't get any of the other actors back. So they got Craterface. But again, in the first movie, I really felt like him and Johnny were like legitimate rivals. Yeah. And then in this movie, it's like the first movie is supposed to have done the, the heavy lifting. But no, the first movie established him and Danny Zuko as rivals. Mm. Him and Johnny is like this weird comedic thing. And also, why are they all hanging out with the 12-year-old girl? Oh, it's yeah. bizarre. It's so weird. That all is really weird. It's, yeah, yeah it, That's why it's such a poor sequel, because it relies so heavily on the first movie. But it's like, the first movie is brilliant. Mm. You have to... You, you can mirror it if you do a good job, or you have to try something completely different. And just like gender bending the two leads <laughs> and having michael be english instead of australian i didn't even get anyway um yeah it's it's really it's bizarre more. i was i loved greece when i was little i was actually like proper obsessed with it i used to have the tapes and, and when i found out it was a musical mm-hmm. i went and saw that it was brilliant and i didn't even know there was a greece 2 until i went around a friend's house and their mum had it on the side i was like oh, greece 2 oh my <laughs> god this is gonna be so good it wasn't. It was <laughs> so even as a kid. Oh, so I, and the, you know what? I hadn't really remembered it until I watched it at half six this morning. 
Um, And what I remembered was, wow, I thought, oh, I must be nearly ending. And it was only 20 minutes in. And the other thing that sat with me is the... (laughs) You haven't met it all. It's so confusing. And the other song that sat with me is the song in the the bunker when he's trying to woo the girl, trying to convince her that it's an air raid outside and it's their mission to have sex. Uh, Let's do it for our country. It's really uncomfortable now to watch, isn't it? Yeah. And again, it's not a scene that I remembered being that way. Because mm. obviously as a kid, I just internalized Romance. Like, sexist, misogynistic, <laughs> patriarchal, yeah. rapey culture that I lived in. And thought that was really normal. And now as a discerning adult, I'm like, he's like tricking her yeah. into having sex with him. But then also she's wrapping bandages around his head. Like it's all very strange. He, though I said today, he's the star. I thought he was the best singer. 100%. Like by far, he's the best Good singer. Good actor right as well. Yeah, he's the best actor. Yeah. Um, she's terrible and like opens her mouth so wildly when she sings that it was like really distracting. But again, why are they in a bomb shelter and why is that where Michael lives? I don't know. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> I guess it was set in the new. It was set around the time of like the Cold War. Yeah, yeah Kennedy yeah. gets mentioned a lot. They they, they really lean into this. <laughs> it's yeah. just before the Cuban Missile Crisis. I suppose it's because yeah. it's set in the 60s and was made in the 80s. That's kind of like yeah. nuclear war is like on everybody's mind, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I've got to be honest. I, I don't. I've got almost the complete opposite of uh, like history with Greece that Dave does. Uh, I just remember. Just brings back really horrible memories of hating it when I was a kid and I really oh. just hated it so much <laughs> I'm sorry so that's my theory consistent through line my theory which is if you watch something as a kid you'll just naturally love no, it no I think it's because I was it was like a it was a bad time when I was a kid I don't want to talk about this another podcast bring it down but yeah I was having a bad time as a kid when I first watched Greece and I'm not very negative yeah, so I'm now so I'm, sorry I made no, you watch no, Sex and the City 2 and Grease 2 I thought Grease 2 was better Grease 2 is better I can watch that and I even said to my wife I think it's better I think this is a better one I'm fine with watching it and she's like I don't think it is did like, she watch it with no, you? no she didn't she's like I'm going to bed <laughs> yeah, choice. oh such a clutch pickup, Dave I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. What's the sequel you've been most disappointed by? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Uh... You're catching. He's not prepped us with this one. No, no. I, these are the surprise ones. <laughs> <laughs> 
disappointing. I, I, I know it. Um, it's either, well, I'll take it back to Star Wars where we started, because <laughs> it's either, I think I was most disappointed by The Last Jedi, and I don't want to open up that can of worms because that that's one of the dividing topics of our time. Um, but I'll say I'll say that I when I then experienced when I read up on the backlash against the last Jedi, it two things made me not want have to have anything to do with the Star Wars fan base anymore. And it also made me happy that I didn't like the last Jedi for very different reasons than the, the than what the the, the, the outspoken vocal Twitter crowd mm. didn't like The Last Jedi 4. So just to be clear, I, I thought Kelly Tran was good. I, I thought I, I'm all for like the, the, the cast. I thought they were, they were great. I thought Ryan Johnson's decisions, uh, the left field decisions were really good and interesting. I, 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 think, that, I think that the whole, you, you're a, your parents were a junker. They came from, you came from nothing. That's like, really interesting to me the subverting of expectations i just didn't think it was a very good or fun movie and was really stupid yeah i've been exactly the same exactly the same and i i don't i don't know dave likes this movie and we often disagree because i don't like it but i don't like it because it's not a good movie i don't like it for any other reasons yes. anyone else's like same as you i'm always put off by saying that i don't like it because of all the reasons that all the all the fan base don't like it i'd like they're a bit icky but i just don't like it because it just doesn't work like it's just yeah exactly just exactly it didn't work i felt i came out of that movie feeling like i didn't it didn't feel like star wars to me and maybe that was because of the departures yeah. but if but 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 i actually welcomed the departures because they were more interesting and then and then what i re- and then going into the rise of skywalker when they just handed you know they they just re- like reversed everything as a sort of a off the cuff uh, reaction to that to that fan base that to me was validation that they made all the right decisions by subverting expectations. It just, for me personally, didn't work. Yeah. And look, Dave, I'm glad you did enjoy it. And I'm glad a lot of people did like the last Jedi has a really vocal fan base and was received really well. And I think it just, it just didn't work for me personally, but like, I don't like the lesson, which we don't need to say here, but like, it's just like movies are, we said it at the top movies are subjective. Yeah. Have your opinion go like turn off Twitter and don't be a horrible person to the, the people that made a piece of Amen. Had, a go, had a go Absolutely. at making something. Because hundreds yeah. and thousands of people went really bloody hard to make that movie. And yeah. it's, it, it might not have been a good movie, but nobody tried to make it a bad movie. You know, everyone tried their best to make a good, something from good. JJ. Well, all right. <laughs> all right, Dave. He phoned it in. He phoned it in. And, and yet I'm sitting here wondering how many more times do I need to hear this sh- <laughs> Sorry. about The Last Jedi? So what's your most disappointing sequel then? Well, if I think about it, and I said earlier, I think like Sex and the City 1 is a sequel to the TV yeah. show. We've, we've had David Brent, Life on the Road, yeah. so I've accepted yeah, that Yeah, it would be that. Because it's like, and I said, like, I, I will not speak Sex and the City 2's name, but Sex and the City 1 was an, theoretically an okay movie, but it's like Greece, the way Greece 2 kind of missed the essence of things that worked in Greece 1. Sex and the City, the TV show, the essence of what makes it interesting in my mind is the situations and the relationships of the people in the show. So while the fashion became bigger and bigger as the season went on, arguably as they, arguably as they spent more time in fashion, they spent less time on story, it got less interesting. 
like it peaked around season three right in terms of being like an incredible tv show and like all the issues it has now when you look back like of course it was too white of course they're extremely privileged of course they live in a bubble but viewing it from like a script writing perspective it was this brilliantly tight like 30 minute episode that you would have four brilliant plots that like started and ended in that episode and were just so well woven and such brilliant characters that often now when you look at an actor who you remember being a guest actor in Sex and the City, you look think they'd like a whole series arc and they may have only been in one episode, but they were fleshed out so well in that episode. And the relationship and the dynamic between the four women, the movies did away with all of that. And it was just a complete spectacle of fashion, 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 New York, New York, New York, Carrie being like utterly annoying. And it's interesting you said earlier, you thought like, are they supposed to be this unlikable? That's one of the things that was always interesting in that Carrie Broadsheet, you kind of had an unlikable protagonist. Mm-hmm. Her friendships and the people like she was around and her relationships were very like human and normal and, and and sometimes she didn't make great decisions and but like we all know people who don't but you know you still root for them but in the movie she's just really obnoxious and um yeah so sex in the city sex in the city one i was i remember going with my flatmate did we do you came as well i, I went we were so excited and i actually like basically left cinema <laughs> like crying yeah I went with you. and then sex in the city two i was like nearly Fat physically face. ill and then now I'm really scared about the TV series, which is coming out um, in December. I'm yeah. really scared. Is there a new TV it. series? Is there? Yeah, it's, but without it's, Samantha. Without Samantha, and it's not called uh, Sex in the City. And I've just—it's called And Just Like That, which is something Carrie's always right. And just like that, blah blah blah. So it's not Samantha because her her and Carrie hate each other in real life, so they're not working together again. But um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if they get back to the core of what made the show work from the trailers. I'm not convinced because it seems to be all glitzy and fashion again. I think yeah. what you've just described um, is really common in uh, TV to movie adaptations where they don't, they, they, they miss the core. They miss the, they miss the, uh, what, what the actual appeal was mm. and then kind of get it wrong. And also I think the other trap is, and, and Sex and the City 2 in particular fell, fell into this is like, we got it. It's the movies. We got to do it bigger. We got to do it better. Let's, let's take them out of New York. The in-betweeners no! made the same mistake. It's like let's go on holidays. It's gonna be huge, bigger, better. But it's like no, just set these movies in smaller stories in New York yeah. uh, with interesting characters and, and concepts. And like Way yeah, much. and it's interesting because it's like they don't have the faith in their own characters and plot to like keep them in the same location and like really make them work. And it's so interesting because the stuff that people used to talk about Sex and City in the press was the fashion right and the and, and the big name guest stars but they were like the icing on the cake and i really enjoyed those you know i used to like looking at their outfits but i would never have watched a show just for outfits and no one would have like that's not interesting no because no, you right. can't just have icing because it makes you feel sick like that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and i and it's interesting because like samantha's gone now from the new series so i don't know what that's gonna be I, had they fallen out when they did sex in the city too because i'd watch it thinking i don't think they like each other and it's supposed to be friends. Like, I mean, this, this is based on like lore, like celebrity gossip I've seen and like kind of illusions from Kim Cattrall that apparently they did not have a good working relationship. Ever. So, well, not for a very long time. And like um, Sarah Jessica Parker like runs the show. So if you don't have a great relationship, it would be quite difficult, I guess, to both act alongside the person who's also the executive producer and makes all the decisions. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the paycheck probably after like the critical like mauling that Sex and City 2 got as well, you're probably just a bit like, I don't know if I need this. Yeah. I mean, I rightly got a mauling because, you know, yeah. I mean, it was it, terrible and racist. And yeah, I love not, that it's come full nice circle. We can all. talk about yeah, it. <laughs> I can't not talk about it, Dave. It's living in here. <laughs> yeah. You will never forget. Did your wife watch that one? No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that on my own. It was 
Oh it was not good. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'm doing this for the podcast, damn it. <laughs> yeah, bless you. What sequel has um, surprised you the most? So the first one or two or four were rubbish, but then you got to like, uh, down the road and thought, actually, that's, that's all right. Horror films are a good example here. Or... I've got one. Yeah, mine's a horror film. The uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Right? Okay. That was a big surprise because it's like, no. We're, a big surprise. Big surprise, honey. <laughs> no Mike Myers. <laughs> they ditched the whole thing. It was like Halloween, Mike Myers, serial killer, Jamie Lee Curtis. Halloween 2, Jamie Lee Curtis, Mike Myers is back. Halloween 3, forget all of them. And it's not a slasher film. It's about It's about a weird celtic cult who disguise themselves as a toy company and want to sacrifice the children of what? a town see surprise yeah. um and who want to sacrifice the children of a, a town in america uh using uh, by selling them masks that will melt their faces uh and then uh, activate some a- ancient pagan rich has never seen it. i've never seen it yeah. it sounds oh. mad <laughs> I mean, that's the synopsis. That's not. That's not a spoiler. Oh my God! Watch well, it. Spoiler is fine. We we do a big spoiler warning at the start, so we we spoil movies all the time. It's, it's all good. Yeah. No, watch it, Rich. Okay. Watch it. You I've got to watch just... the. I've got to watch Halloween. It's on my list of things I have to watch because Rich doesn't watch horror films. I'm not very good at horror me films. It's not that I don't deliberately don't I like. Actually, them. me and Rich should um me and Rich should do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We have similar tastes. Yeah, as long as I don't have to watch Sex and the City two again. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would listen to that if it's you two um, not watching horror films. No, you have to watch horror films. It has to be the the, the, the no. concept is two people who hate horror watch horror but films. Dave tries to make me do things like this, and I'm like, but Dave, I actually hate them. Like, I'm not gonna. Watch Nobody's them. gonna listen to a podcast with two people who don't like, like he horror made films. Me watch the not last... watching horror films. He made me watch the Last Jedi, which I didn't hate. I'm just which completely... is a horror film. No, I'm just so indifferent to Star Wars and like find it really tedious. And Dave's like, you have to watch the Last Jedi as like a special bonus episode. Is that how he sells it now? Yeah, Come on, let's do it like, for the Patriots. Yeah, and I was like, Patri- okay. Patreons, not Patriots. Yes, he did. It was for the Patreon. And then I actually didn't mind it. So it turns out I didn't, because Dave felt so strongly. I just, I was like, I just don't have your level of like opinion about it. I just think it's a fine movie. Dave's like, no, it's terrible. <laughs> Would that be your most surprised sequel then? It wouldn't be surprised because I'm really indifferent to it. So I couldn't even be surprised, to be honest. And probably I remember being quite surprised by... Because there's a lot, a lot of Marvel movies and a lot of sequels. Mm. I remember being very surprised with both Thor and Captain America. I really liked their first movies, and not, then, notably not sequels, and and then not their sequels. Mm. And I surprised, I was surprised because the sequels, particularly Captain America, the second one, The Winter Soldier, everyone loved it. Yeah, and I like hated it, but I loved his origin story. I found that really interesting. So I was surprised. I remember coming out of the cinema and being really disappointed and surprised. It's like, what is everyone talking about? This is I was an surprised awful, at your reaction as well movie. in that moment. Whereas I was really interested in him like being the dweeb, you know, in the first movie and like the World War II setting. And I found all that really quite fascinating. Whereas I found all the stuff with him and Bucky, like I couldn't believe they brought Bucky back. I was like, are you joking me that I have to watch this fucking guy <laughs> walk around? Um, and I hate all the stuff with him and Iron Man Don't arguing about it. so boring. And uh, yeah, I was really surprised by that one because usually if you like the first movie in a Guardian strand or not a Guardian, a Marvel strand, you'll kind of, and then the second Thor was really different from the first Thor and that took me a by surprise. Is that the well. Dark World? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's rubbish. That's rubbish. Yeah. Because I love the first one. And again, it's that origin story. It's so nice when you meet a character, but it's like, do you need another movie with them? Yeah. 
when you've already seen them in a big ensemble movies, probably I, not. We, I needed Ragnarok, though. I love that movie. Like, that's yeah, the, that's, I yeah, love Ragnarok. That's, that's I was surprised by how much I enjoyed Ragnarok. I wasn't Actually, ready Yeah, that's that. the second surprise, then, that that was then good again. <laughs> yeah, that's a real roller coaster ride, that, that series. <laughs> yeah. The full yeah. one. It's just Chris Hemsworth that was so good that, like, of course they're going to keep giving him movies. Because, like, how could you not? You came together, and now your dream, your dream sequel... What well, is this, it? All right, so we 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 were we both thought it differently, which is really weird. This is yeah, we were completely divided. Could not like come to any like resolutions on best and worst. But then this we, we looked at each other and said, "What about dream?" And then we both said like within a second, which was face off. No, I was going <laughs> to say face off. So face off, like for whatever reason, it's because we watched it in lockdown, which you know can be very significant emotionally. We watched it in lockdown for our Patreon, but I mentioned before we started recording, my little sister lived with us for some of lockdown, and she had never seen Face Off, and she's a scientist, and it became this incredible experience for us where she was like analyzing all the science. She could at one point half about halfway through the movie, she goes, "Wait." Are they gonna stop this? Yeah, she did. That was the best. <laughs> she didn't never see the trailer. She never seen a poster. She knew because she's like ten years younger than me. She knew nothing. She didn't know what the movie was about. Can you imagine watching Face Off with somebody who doesn't know what the movie's about and they still don't know until it happens? And it they was, think Face Off honestly, means that was like the most exciting a metaphorical Face Off. Like she didn't realize. What it actually she thought it was just yeah. Oh my god! Brilliant. But but so we. Oh we my god! Experience watching Face Off last year, which is probably why I, we. I don't think it. it's possible to watch Face Off in any circumstance and not have a good experience. <laughs> it is- as soon as Dave sent me the message over, and I was like, "Of course it's Face Off." How has no one picked this yet? Like, I was like, <laughs> "Of course that's the dream sequel." It's brilliant. Now we're kind of cheating. I realized because I looked up because I knew they were making a remake. But we're not cheating because we didn't know until after we. Did yeah, it. we we so I no. It's, it, it, it's apparently is it's a they've now changed the remake to a sequel, which I've just found out. Oh right, okay. Earlier, I didn't know that. Yeah, but it's too late. Our our sequel is set like a year after the first one. Oh. It's not set. Yeah, in that's now. fine. Our sequel, our dream sequel, also is going to be way better than that. Than that. <laughs> Piece of shit! I can tell already. Brilliant. Because I read, read, I read some of what they're, where they're going with it, and it's just the wrong choice, right? So no, I'll just say so your dream sequel is going to be like 98, 99, Nicholas Cage, John Travolta. Yeah, right? straight away. Or well, there's a few ways we can play this, right? Okay, we're going to give throw a few pitches at you guys and see what you think, right? Because either you do you you bring them back, right? And um, and I think that's what the new sequel is going to do. They're they're trying to bring back the the Ooh. the Sean Archer and and but it's just terrible. Right? If you don't have the actors, it's a terrible. There's no. Point. No, no, they they want to get the actors, I believe, right? So they're they're trying for it. So that's so what a dead person's aged face. That's one way off. to do it. But I I actually think it's more interesting to there's two the two things I think are more interesting. One is you you have you make this like a a franchise and it's almost like an anthology series, and and the the uh, the th- the through line is either it's the face-off technology, mm. um, so but, and you pick any two actors, right? And and like they get to inhabit it because that was part of the fun of John Travolta and Nick, Nicholas Cage was they got to perform each other, right? And yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. And I'd love you know, and so you, that for me would have been an interesting franchise potential where you're just like I've just realized Sean just Connery. We talked about John Travolta a lot on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <they're incredible>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you pick Sean Connery and uh, uh, and. Uh, Harrison Ford. I just I'm stuck on Indiana Jones, I guess. But the uh, you know you you pick uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino because they were so desperate at that stage of their careers they they'd done it. Um, so 
you know, yeah, that that's one way you do it. Or here's what I thought would be even better is you have like the best thing about Face Off is Nicolas Cage. Mm. And so why yeah. not just have his face, have Caster Troy's face be the primary, the MacGuffin of the sequel, right? And it the the so Caster Troy's face is this is this like thing that it's magic. Ma- it, it's not magic because there's no magic <laughs> in the face off universe. But there, but it's like a position of power and an indication of like criminal like superiority. So it's like the black mask in Batman. Yes, so. exactly. So whoever has the Caster Troy mask would be like they would assume that personality oh, okay. and uh, you know you you actually you'd, this is the mask. I was gonna say yes, yeah, like, you've gone too far. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't mean magically you have his his thing. It's just like you get to. You is get this a pitch to, meeting? Because I'm not accepting it's this. It's clearly not. It's not going well. I'll be, text- I'll be texting everyone on the way. When, when we were discussing well. it together, we just said, oh, it's going to be Nicolas Cage's face. But we hadn't got into this weird level of oh, I've, gone, I've gone way too, way too far. I killed the pitch. You I mean, killed it. Too much Basically, Nicolas Cage is going to always be in the movies, but swapping with different people. So, but it's Nicolas gotcha. Cage performing as other people. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know where I thought you were going to go? I thought you were going to have Nicolas Cage just swapping with Nicolas Cage, like different Nicolas Cage <laughs> versions. <laughs> With like little bit of hair, <laughs> lots of hair, you know. He I have a, I have a cage theory that the worse his haircut in a movie, the better he's, the better the movie. So the the worse his <laughs> hair looks, like the better the movie is. So you've got give us an example. Con Air, terrible, terrible mullet, great movie. You've Amazing got movie, Bad yeah. Lieutenant, terrible hair, great movie. You've got Kick Ass, where he's got terrible hair, terrible sash. Great movie, and this where he's basically looks like his hair's been drawn on with a pen. Like, <laughs> great movie. He does. But have you ever seen Bangkok Dangerous? No, I haven't. Oh, that, does that, that blow? completely blows. There's always an exception to the rule, Dave. It's fine. He, in that, he's bald <laughs> and got long hair, and I can't understand how that works. <laughs> That's a delectable Party combination. Well, yeah, basically, we want Face Off two to be made, but I think we need a we need a bit uh, work a bit on the pitch. But we were too busy watching Grease two. <laughs> let to... us let us go away. We're gonna we're gonna talk to our people. <laughs> we're gonna do another draft, and let us come back in six to eight weeks. Would you we'll have... bring back Alessandro Novola as uh, as Pollux Troy? Because I was what sixteen, I think, when Face Off mm. came out, and I think every girl was, that I knew first part, was in it? love with him. From this movie, every every love with Pollux, yeah, Pollux Troy, the brother, really, the creepy one, yeah, creepy brother, Alessandro Navoli, yeah. No, I would do an entirely new cast. The only thing I would keep is that like beautiful moment when John Travolta and his family just like rob each other's faces. <laughs> which Dave is such a creep after we watched the movie. At the time, our son Elliot was like only a few months old, baby, and Dave went up to like settle him or something, and <laughs> did it to his face, and they came down and told me. I was like, why would you do that to our son? Were you just no, trying it, it out? It worked. No, here's what, guys, it works. New new parents out there, right? <laughs> It, it worked because it went over his eyelids and then he closed his eyes and fell asleep. I think it was a coincidence. Like, it's I the, don't think it's that the was secret nice. to parenting. <laughs> there is a thing. I'm sure we learned in like an NCT class when my son, before my son was born that if you stroke a baby's like forehead downwards like that, then they, they close go. their eyes. So maybe so it's a thing. It maybe it's a thing. Who knows? <laughs> You've hit a secret. <laughs> Sean Archer knew what he was doing. Would you bring back John Woo and the doves or the pigeons? Yes. I think yeah, that was I think epic. John Woo is you know totally uh, a, a huge factor as to why that movie worked. 
right? It is. It just it's like so zany. The movie. Him, the con- it's him, Nicolas Cage, John Travolta, and the concept. Like that. That's it. Like that, they're the things you remember. And there was mm. really shocking stuff in it as well. That like again, really make it stand out. Like you know that bit where um, he's during the process mm. for no reason. Um, Nicolas Cage like stops to have a cigarette. But he wakes up. And you up, see yeah. like. Like his open face, right? Yeah, it's weird. We see a bit of it. I don't think they showed us the full thing because I actually think it was like too disgusting. But um, like there's some stuff in there again that like now, like compared to movies in the 90s would be, that's like horror movie kind of stuff. I just don't see it sitting in and like this movie's weird. Like all the stuff of him going in as a priest and like Nicolas Cage is just so strange and such a weird. Do you like peaches? Actor. Oh, yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. I eat peaches for hours. The best thing about watching it with my sister is she said to us, "Oh no, like I'm afraid of Nicolas Cage." And we were like, "What?" And she said, "No, I don't watch movies with Nicolas Cage because like he frightens me." And we were like, "Well, he's really gonna frighten me." The last movie she'd watched with him was Matchstick Men, and she was never going to watch one again. I was like, "But Matchstick Men is one of his like strangest performances." <laughs> Yeah, oh. he's probably got good hair in that movie. That's not a great movie, is it? <laughs> uh, I think it's alright, Ridley. Is That's it? a Ridley Scott one, isn't it? Matchmate. It's yeah. just not a Nicholas Cage yeah, movie. Sam Rockwell was yeah. it? Yeah, early it's Sam just, Rockwell. So you wouldn't associate can't be it. Bad. So if you're afraid of Nicholas Cage in that movie, and then you watch Face Off, it's quite something. Oh, you can't not be afraid oh, of Nick Cage man. in the, in this. It's like, yeah, you can't. And even that, like. John Travolta, I often think, is an underrated actor. And in Face Off, when he's playing Nicolas Cage, I actually think he's having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Because he never gets to play a character like that. And like, there's that really gross bit where he's like rubbing his own daughter because oh, he's yeah. actually Nicolas Cage. Like, yeah. It just gets really grimy, but like, it works. Yeah. That's the first time in this film where I heard the best chat up line, which is that, is it, I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first time I heard that, and I was like, when I was like, really, I was like, remember that one? Girls really love that one. <laughs> you like, I learned that one from John Travolta yeah. playing Nick Cage, cracking onto his own. John daughter. Travolta does a really good Nick Cage impression. You know, that's yeah. that's either, either way, I think they're great. Yeah, yeah, that's why we need them back for the sequel. We can have new act, new recast actors. Oh, so you want to bring them back? But he's dead, right? <laughs> Travolta's dead. Face. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you. You got it, Dave. You got it, Dave. His face. Yeah. Do you know what? Sold. Face. His face has been in some sort of freezer environment. Okay. They froze the face. It's a it's a frozen face situation. It's classic. In with the fish fingers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bottom drawer. Nice. And those were Dave and Kathy from the City Miles. Unequal sequels. Dream episode, wasn't it? Lovely. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. I love them. I really, really love them. I think they are they are brilliant. I'm not even too grumpy that I had to watch Sex in the City 2. I mean, I am, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let them off. <laughs> what a ride that was. Uh, I'm blaming you more than I'm blaming them, Dave. Well, you're just very organised, <laughs> aren't you, when it comes to that kind of thing? I swear you just didn't tell me on purpose because you wanted me to watch it. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> but their picks were all good. I like Dave's Ghostbusters 2 pick. He was in a safe space yeah. with us for that one because we both like Ghostbusters 2. So it's always nice, it's always nice to talk about Ghostbusters. It is, yeah. And it's a lot of people's favourites, I think. A lot of, a lot of people like Ghostbusters. I won't say favourites, yeah, but everyone is well, fond I mean, of it. Yeah, true. Well, we've read a lot of Ghostbusters fans on there, haven't we? That on, is true. Podcast, My dad said so. the other day, wow, you talk about Ghostbusters a lot, don't you? We do talk about Ghostbusters a lot, yeah. I think it's maybe just our 
Maybe it's our age. <laughs> I think it is our age. And Kathy's worst, which is Grease 2, which is also her favourite ever sequel, it seems. Yeah, that was a tough one, wasn't it? I, I was a bit worried going into it because I thought, I hate Grease 2. <laughs> and I really don't want to go into it and go and, and criticise someone's best sequel. <laughs> and say, well, she picked it as their worst sequel. She kept calling it iconic and I kept thinking, I have to not. disagree here. <laughs> but I love her reasons for liking it and disliking. Obviously, it is batshit crazy bad. Yeah. But also, when you're young, brilliant, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I completely get it. It is batshit crazy bad. And and I'm really glad she chose it as her worst sequel rather than the best because I didn't yeah. feel so bad about saying how rubbish it is. <laughs> Imagine if someone picked that as their best sequel ever. I don't know how I would defend it. No. No. Or see any positives, either. but what a ride. So basically, if anyone doesn't know, Kathy and Dave gave us a list, and then on that list was uh, be- uh, the worst was Sex and the City 2. I didn't get around to watch Sex and the City 2. Rich did. Then they came mm. back and said, we've watched Grease 2, and it's now our worst ever sequel. And I think it was possibly the best ever sequel. Um, <laughs> and it's brilliant. And their dream pick was also a fantastic pitch, which was the face-off pitch, which was also a lot brilliant. of fun to listen to. And- Absolutely. get involved with because yeah. we all love Nicolas Cage we do we do and I really want to see that movie I really want to see a face off sequel yeah it'd be good that one definitely definitely yes. and they're just they're just really lovely people you know I think their their podcast is excellent I love like how their dynamic and I don't sometimes when there's two people on a podcast like us mm. you, you can oft, often find yourself feeling you gravitate to one more than the other maybe but actually with Dave and Kathy I, I think they're both as brilliant as each other and yeah. you know I, I don't it's it's 50 50 when I listen to their podcast and who I'm gonna whose opinion I'm gonna agree with <laughs> to be involved with their actual discussions and their bickering was yeah. an absolute podcast highlight for me at the moment it was a joy like we've been listening to cinema for a long time now and I badgered them a lot <laughs> We really, really wanted them on the podcast. And yep. yeah, Dave, Dave's worked really hard to get them on. <laughs> they were on the dream list. They were. So yeah. another one scrubbed off. Yeah. There's a few more on there, guys. But yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you. <laughs> yeah, we're coming for you next year. Or next season, not next year. Next, oh, next season three. Not far away now, Dave. One episode away not now. Far away. Yeah. One episode <sighs> away from the end of season two. One big one coming. Yeah. Um, and on that note, if you want to go back and listen to all our other episodes, you've got season one and season two of these interview episodes to go and listen to. If this is the first one you've picked up. If you're a cinema fan and it's the first time you've listened to us, there are loads more episodes to go and listen to. There's loads of extras where we review movies or talk about trailers or all that sort of nonsense. But there's also loads of these of these interview episodes to go and listen to as well. Give us a cheeky little subscribe. Uh, give us a like. Click on the little heart icon give us five stars leave us a review you know please give us give us you know give us a little review tell us what you think that would be lovely um and yeah that you can now rate us on spotify as well as on apple on itunes podcasts um and yeah you can if you really really like us then you can follow us on twitter as well and see what other nonsense we've got to talk about we are at unequal sequel um on twitter and we are at unequal sequel on instagram too uh, probably not quite as active on Instagram as we're on the I am rubbish at Instagram, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, if, if for some reason you want to send us an email, we also have an email address, unequalsequel at hotmail.com. And potentially soon, 
a website launch, but stay stay tuned for that one. <laughs> I can't wait to see it myself. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. We really appreciate all the uh, the downloads and the listens or whatever you, they call them because we're not hip and cool. Uh, <laughs> I've got no how to say but from thank you. So it's a bye-bye from me. Bye-bye. And a bye-bye from him. Bye! See you next week. Have a good time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>